you gotta have something to work with before you can shape it into something beautiful. You've heard the phrase progress, not perfection. But when you're trying to crank out a rough draft, it's hard not to censor and edit yourself along the way. The only problem is, when we slow down and try to get it just right, sometimes we grind to a halt. Progress becomes stagnation, and it's hard to get moving again. If you felt like this in your writing life, you're not alone. This episode is here to help you out. Hi, I'm Clarissa Mall, and welcome to The Writerly Life, brought to you by Hope Writers, the most encouraging place on the internet for writers to make progress. Here at The Writerly Life, we help you expand your creativity, explore new techniques, and express your hope-filled words in a world that needs them. We'll help you learn to balance the art of writing with the business of publishing, and learn to hustle without losing heart. You have words, and your words matter. And as you write them, you can be you, boldly, bravely, maybe even a little scared sometimes. You can be you in your writing life. Welcome to the show, friends. Lean in, grab a pen, let's chat. We all want to see progress in our writing lives, but sometimes it's hard to know what that should look like. We look for outward metrics of success, like Instagram followers or blog post hits, and we forget that the slow work of faithfully putting pen to page reaps the most benefit over the long haul. New York Times bestselling author Joy McCullough knows all about the slow, faithful work of progress. She wrote 10 novels before her first one was published. Over the years, Joy has learned what it takes to move forward in her writing life, and she knows that her everyday commitment to drafting, planning, querying, and writing brings a sense of accomplishment every time. Lean in as Joy tells us more in this Hope Writers Tuesday teaching with host Anna Franks. My journey has been the very long road, (laughs) and people are either incredibly inspired by this or incredibly disheartened by this, so... (laughs) Get ready, um, everyone. (laughs) Be forewarned. Um, But yes, I studied theater in college. I focused in on playwriting right there. Um, And after college for about a decade, I was I was writing plays and only plays. Um, But making a living as a playwright is Ooh, even harder than in publishing <laughs> books. Mm. Um, and so I was mostly making my living, you know, teaching drama residencies and schools and those kind of things. Um, and then I started having kids and having a, a career in the theater when you have really small children is really hard because you have to be out at night, lots of late nights. Um, so I started, um, and just backing away a little bit from theater, not consciously, but I just didn't have the time or energy for it. So meanwhile, I had this, my, my daughter, my first child was an incredibly precocious reader. Her first word was book. Uh, and from the time she was a baby, we would spend hours reading aloud. Um, and by the time she was about three, we were reading novels. You know, we were reading like E.B. White's and the Ramona's and the Narnia's. Mm. And so I was spending hours a day, literally, reading aloud middle grade. And so because of that, I started to uh, think about story in that in those terms. And so for the very first time, I started to think, I wonder if I could write a middle grade novel. 
Previously, if you'd ever asked me, even though I was a writer, but if you'd said, do you want to write a novel? I would have said, no, absolutely not. I'm not, a, I'm not a novelist. Um, but I was consuming so much. And that's actually one of my biggest pieces of advice to anyone thinking about getting into any kind of category is to read just incredibly extensively current work in that category. Mm -hmm. um, but so I started when my when my daughter was a, a, like three or four, started playing around with middle grade and I was reading a ton of it. Um, and this was about 12 years ago. So message boards and blogs were kind of the way to connect with other writers. So I, I found critique partners and I learned about querying and, and that whole process. And so I wrote my first middle grade novel. Um, I queried it. I did not get an agent. I got some requests, um, but I didn't get an agent. But one of the things I had learned really early on as a playwright was that as soon as my work is out in the world, whether it's sending it out to theater companies to consider or whether it's sending it out to be queried or now whether it's sending it out on submission to editors by my agent. Oh, I see somebody asking what querying is. Let me pause here because that'll be really important. Um, yeah. Querying is when you have written a novel and, and with nonfiction, it can be a proposal, but for novels, you have to write the whole thing. Uh, and then you research agents, literary agents, and you send them a query letter, which is like a short um, little trying to hook them, kind of like the, the copy on the back of a book, trying to make someone want to read it. Um, and then you follow their guidelines, but often they'll say you can send me the first five pages or the first 10 or the first chapter. So you send them that query letter and whatever sample they ask for. And then if they're intrigued enough, they'll request the full manuscript and it has to be ready. You don't start querying until it's ready. Uh, and then you send the full manuscript and you wait. <laughs> Uh, hoping that an agent will contact you again with an offer of representation. Um, so that is querying. So that'll that'll come up because so I queried that first book, didn't didn't get an agent, but I had learned that as soon as my work is out in the world somewhere, I start the next project. I don't sit around waiting to see if that book is going to be the one that gets me an agent or gets published. Um, I, I One thing is off of my plate, I'm working on the next project. So I queried that first book, but then I was writing the next one. And I queried that one, and then I was writing the next one. And then I queried that one. I wrote five books uh, before and fully, fully queried them um, before I got an offer of representation for, from an agent. Um, and all along the way, I was getting full requests. I was getting feedback from agents that my writing was really strong or the story was really great. I was so, so close. Uh, and man, that feedback is some of the hardest to get. You'd think it would be encouraging, but it's like, if I'm so close, why won't you just work with me and get me that extra step? You know, it's really frustrating. Um, but so after having written and queried five uh, manuscripts, all those were all middle grade. Um, I finally signed with my first agent, and she was a top agent with bestsellers and award winners. And so I thought, okay, going to be published. So the next step after querying, once you have an agent, is going on submission, which means your agent who um, has all these contacts 
in children's publishing knows who the right editors would be for the for your book makes up a list of editors to send your book to depends by agent but it's usually sometime between um six to twelve editors they might send it to at one time um and so they send your book out to these editors to read and then the editors and and at all of the um bigger traditional publishing houses they don't take unsolicited submission. So you have to have an agent who's the one who's getting your work out there um, to be read by editors who then hopefully offer and you get a book deal. Um, so this this book went out on submission to editors and didn't sell. Uh, but I was working on the next thing. <laughs> um, and so I did that again and again. And so this agent I was with had put three different books on submission that didn't sell. And we were getting close to putting a fourth middle grade book on submission uh, when I decided that this agent relationship wasn't working to my best interest. And it wasn't because the books weren't selling. That happens. Um, and she was a very good agent. But there were communication issues. There were other reasons that it just wasn't an ideal relationship for me. And this is something to keep in mind almost every writer I know has changed agents at some point. It is not a mark against you. It is a completely normal thing to leave an agent relationship and seek new representation. So if, if that has happened to you, you don't have to feel like you did something wrong, um, you know, or that another agent isn't going to want to work with you. That's just absolutely not the case. Um, so we parted ways and I queried again and I was terrified uh, because it had taken me so long the first time that I yeah. thought no one is ever going to work with me again. Um, but I signed with my agent really quickly um, and he's still my agent. He's amazing. I love him. Um, but even so, the first book with him went on submission and didn't sell. <laughs> so... I started writing the next thing. And the next thing was blood, or, blood Water Paint. But at mm. this point, this was the 10th novel I had written and put out there and tried yeah. to sell. Uh, so and then 2018, <laughs> this one came out. So yeah, that was sort of the journey to publication. And it was long. There are so many paths. There are people who get an agent and get a book deal on their first book, um, you know, and that is one path. But if it's taking you a little bit longer, you're not alone. And and this book ended up winning awards and doing really well. And I'm honestly really glad that it was my debut. This is the book that was supposed to be my debut. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was grueling. Um, but in the long run, it was worth it. What a journey. Joy learned so much about herself and the publishing industry over those years. She learned that she needed to prepare well, that she needed to foster relationships in the writing community, and that she needed to keep her eyes fixed on her goal, even when the going got rough. At its core, her plan was simply progress. Do you have a plan for your writing this year? All writers benefit from taking the time to plan their progress and write down their goals. But when we create a rough plan without specific, actionable goals, 
we risk staying stuck in the dreaming phase. Studies show that writing down specific goals and the necessary steps to achieve them is far more effective than simply resolving to do something in our minds. Making a plan and writing it down gives us a visual we can return to again and again, and it helps us make decisions based on our predetermined goals. No more chasing rabbit trails. With a written plan, we can see the small steps we need to take to make progress on our bigger goals. It's daunting to look ahead at an entire calendar year and attempt to fill in all of the blank space. Life changes, vocational shifts, or changes in our audience and purpose can quickly disrupt 12 months worth of planning. When we look too far ahead, it's easy to become overwhelmed and discouraged. At Hope Writers, here's what we recommend. Number one, start with 90 days. Why 90 days? Well, this time frame is short enough to be manageable while also being long enough to help you make real progress towards your big goals. A 90-day span allows for flexibility in goal setting and helps you adjust your targets and habits as needed without having to create an entirely new plan. Number two, begin planning. Well, now that you have a reasonable time frame, it's time to begin planning. This process can feel overwhelming at first. Choose SMART goals, goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Document your writing vision and goals and brainstorm your writing targets. And always, feel free to start small. Each small step in the direction of your writing life counts as progress. Number three, track your writing habits. Since you're only starting with a 90-day span, you're bound to see progress right away as you track your habits. What matters most to you as you consider your goals? Time spent at your laptop? Reading for research? Copy editing or proofreading your manuscript? Track it to measure your progress. As you consistently track your habits, I'm sure you'll have something to celebrate when your 90 days are done. Are you antsy to get planning now? I know I am. When I see progress broken down into smaller steps, I realize how doable it actually is. And I hope you do too. What a gift to realize that progress doesn't take amazing amounts of inner fortitude or large amounts of time. You can be just who you are, pointing your feet towards your writing goals and meeting them one step at a time. Joy's got another nugget of wisdom for us in that regard. So let's listen in one more time. I learned this in college. Um, my first play had won an award and was being produced. And during intermission of the first performance, my playwriting professor pulled me away so I didn't have to talk to people. Um, and he sat me down and he said, what are you working on now? And I was like, I don't, it's intermission. We're, my play is still, and he was like, that play's written. What are you writing now? Wow. And so I have carried that with me ever since. And it is so helpful emotionally because when, I don't know about the rest of you, but when I'm starting a new project, I have so much excitement and hope. You all are the hope writers. So you probably <laughs> feel this. There's so much energy behind a new idea, right? And so when something is out there and rejections are starting to come in on it, that's hard, but it is helped so much when I've got excitement 
and and energy and investment in a different project. And sometimes it'll be so much to the point where rejections are coming in on something. I'll think, I don't even care. This new thing is the thing. This is the one that's going to be it, you know? And I don't know what it says about me that I, I kept doing the same thing over and over again and it kept not actually being it, um, but I kept doing it. But it really did give me something to put my energies in rather than wallowing in the rejections that were coming in or, or um, you know, I, I see a lot of writers who put all of their hope into that first manuscript and they write it and they put it out there and then they wait. And it's just, if you don't, you don't have the thing to distract you. And then the other piece of it is the practical part that once I had queried every agent who could possibly have represented that manuscript and, and sort of exhausted all possibilities for it, I had a new manuscript ready. Mm -hmm. If I had been sitting around waiting while I exhausted all those, well, then I would have had to write a whole new book and I would have been in a much more sort of deflated place, I think, uh, to try and write another book. So it's really useful on, on both sides, both the practical and the really sort of emotional side of things. At Hope Writers, we help writers like you balance the art of writing with the business of publishing. We believe you have a reader who needs your unique message, and we want to see you write your meaningful words bravely and consistently. If you're ready to make real progress on your writing, the Hope Writers Progress Planner can help you get there. Previously offered exclusively to Hope Writers members, the Progress Planner is now available to all writers. This planner helps you move from writing as a hobby to writing as a pro by guiding you through a 90-day vision exercise. From there, you can track your weekly and monthly goals in a way that feels natural to you. Visit hopewriters.com progress planner to purchase yours today. For writing tips and encouragement, find us on Instagram at hopewriters or at our public Facebook page, Hope Writers Community. Last, a final word from author Jeff Olson. Some quit due to slow progress, never grasping the fact that slow progress is progress. Slow progress is progress. Yes, yes, and yes. As you work towards your writing goals, you can be assured you're right where you need to be. You're making progress even when it feels small. Your words of hope will meet the readers who need to hear them. Thanks for listening, writer friend. As you step into this week, remember to keep writing. Your words matter. We can't wait to read them. If you found this episode of The Writerly Life helpful, be sure to hit subscribe and tell your friends. Rate and review the show and like and comment if you're tuning in on YouTube. Your reviews help others know you found the content helpful. See you next time.